0: Welcome back to Future Women with Jamila Risby. I'm your host, Jamila Risby, and this is the final re-release of Summer 2021. What to do when you're super ain't super. Last year, Industry Super Australia released a new report that delved into the impact of taking parental leave on Australians, especially women. In the last 10 years, Aussie mums have missed out on more than $1.6 billion in retirement savings. Employers aren't required to pay super on parental leave, which is totally inconsistent with other types of leave. This means that parents sacrifice potentially tens of thousands of dollars in retirement savings just because they take time off work to raise children. And of course, it impacts on women more than men, because we're the ones who take most of the parental leave – In fact, according to the Workplace Gender Equality Agency, Australian women take 93.5% of all primary carer leave in Australia's private sector. We're also more likely to take time out of work throughout our careers for caring responsibilities, and that further impacts our retirement savings. Currently, women are approaching retirement with about a third less super than men. In fact, some women reach retirement age with no super at all and that contributes to rising rates of homelessness in older women. Industry Super Australia wants employers, including the federal government, to start paying their employees super while they're on leave. The federal government itself recognised in the 2021 Intergenerational Report that the gender super gap will persist for at least the next four decades, unless we do something about it. Having these conversations is a crucial first step to improving the financial security of all women. You might also like to join us in Future Proof, which kicks off in 2022 on Wednesday 9 February. In our first quarter, we're focusing on the economy and how to secure your financial future. It's an investment in you, your best asset. How much superannuation do you have? No, seriously, how much have you got in the bank for retirement? How much do you plan to put away in the future, be that over the next 2, 10 or even 30 years? How much do you want to have saved by the time that you're going to retire? Um. If I asked one of my mates those questions, I can guarantee what their answer would be. It would involve a red face, a bit of a giggle, a shrug of the shoulders and then an apology along the lines of, I should be able to answer those questions, but I can't. Sorry. It is a shocking state of affairs that not only do most women not take much interest in our superannuation, but if we did, we would not be thrilled by the results. Superannuation is money that employers pay on our behalf into a bank account that we cannot touch until we retire. It's the contribution we make as individuals to supporting ourselves after we stop working, meaning that we aren't only reliant on the aged pension wake up wake up i know it's already sounding kind of dull but my friend this stuff matters superannuation is not only important it is critical that you take an interest in it and you have to do that before you retire in fact the earlier you get serious about your super the better life you'll be living after 65 now i sound like i'm in a little bit of a weird advertisement that's okay. Today, I am going to make sure superannuation is at the top of the to-do list for every woman listening. Welcome to the Future Women podcast. This week, we're going to be meeting Kate Wood, who is the chair of Women in Super, Claire Mackay from Quantum Financial, and the incomparable Jane Caro, who is an author and all-around speaker of good sense. Together, we're going to make superannuation interesting, and we are going to get your retirement finances sorted out quick smart. My name is Jamila Rizvi, and this episode is What Do You Do When You're Super? Ain't that super.
1: More women have the opportunity to drive change. If someone
0: says, I'm not a feminist, I ask, what is your problem? We must do better. So I want all the girls watching here and now to know that a new day is on the
2: horizon.
0: Uh,
3: Honestly, I don't really think about my superannuation. It's there in the background and I know I should be putting more into it, but it's not something I actively do. (laughs) I have no
2: idea what superannuation means.
3: I think I've got just a bit more super than I do hex debt. So if I were to die,
1: I think my family would get like 400 bucks. I know I need to roll all my super accounts into one, but I'm putting my head in the sand because I've been too busy with work.
0: Before getting into the detail of how superannuation works and how you can improve your balance, let's start with the basics. Why is it that we hear so much in the media about women and superannuation? Surely saving for retirement works basically the same way for women and men, right? As it turns out, not at all.
1: The superannuation system is not overtly discriminatory against women. There are no particular provisions that differentiate men from women. But the results of it are quite discriminatory, so it's indirectly discriminatory, and that's because women don't earn as much as men, and the system provides the greatest assistance to high-income earning savers. And so that leads to this very discriminatory outcome. Um, Women in Super is very focused on these system issues and trying to get Changes to improve outcomes for women. Like it's um, quite remarkable that half the female workforce earns under thirty-seven thousand dollars per annum, and that those uh, women get absolutely no incentive from government to save for their retirement. So they will be saving nine and a half percent of their income for retirement, but they literally just have a tax penalty out of the super system repaid to them, which is called the LISTO, L-A-S-T-O, but they don't receive an incentive from government like a high-income earner would who gets a low tax rate compared to their normal tax rate. So in that way, it's indirectly discriminatory against half the female workforce. So we want to change those policy settings.
0: Kate Wood is the chair of Women in Super they're a group that are specifically focused on making the system work better for women. Kate says that there are a range of ways that the design of the superannuation system actually makes life really difficult for all the females.
1: There's a range of areas where women sort of have uh, difficulty in superannuation and some are where they don't receive any superannuation payments. So there's currently a rule that says unless you earn $450 in a month, your employer doesn't have to make a superannuation contribution for you. Now, that may not seem like a very high income, but a lot of women who are working part-time and casual, they may have multiple jobs. And so some of their jobs may be attracting super, some are not. All of their jobs may not attract superannuation. So that rule, uh, which says that certain employers don't have to pay super for women and men who earn less than 4 dollars a month, we want that abolished so that everyone receives super. There's also currently, as unbelievable as it is, no super guarantee paid on the government's paid parental leave scheme, which is just about the only form of paid leave that doesn't attract superannuation guarantee payments. So we think that that should be changed. Also, Because it's difficult for women, given their lower incomes, to accumulate enough for retirement, it is very important to outcomes that the superannuation guarantee increase to 12%. So that's an important policy measure.
0: Author and commentator Jane Caro goes one step further. She says the system is sexist. She reckons the effects of that sexist system are potentially catastrophic for Australian women. It's unbelievably sexist. It was designed for a male breadwinner. It was designed for a male breadwinner who'd really only lived to, on
2: average, 68, um, having retired at 65. So, yeah, it's completely out of date. It's completely sexist. And it has left a generation of women um, hanging out to dry. This is a crisis. This is a crisis. Young women have to be really aware that society now expects them to look after their own welfare when they get old. But it does everything it possibly can to make that as hard as it can be. And that is the great injustice. The great injustice.
0: In other words, We tell everyone in society that they have to make a contribution during their working lives to help fund themselves in retirement. The government helps out a bit through the aged pension, but living on that amount alone is incredibly difficult, if not impossible. However, the super system only works if you're working full-time, in a generally well-paid position, uninterrupted, for 40-plus years. And there are barely any women who lead a working life that looks like that women are much more likely to have stints out of the workforce entirely. We're more likely to work part-time or casually and we also tend to spend more time studying. The results of all of that aren't pretty.
1: Unfortunately, the way the system works, women are ending up with half as much super as men and a lot of that is related to their um, earnings over their lifetime because that's how your super is accumulated. You have at the moment 9.5% of salary contributed to your superannuation and also women have a lot of time out of the workforce having children, caring for children, caring for others, other dependents. So over their lifetime their income is is less than men and on top of that the incentives within the superannuation system are geared towards the higher income earners. So the most assistance from government in the the form of tax concessions goes to the highest income earners and that is not women. So women are not saving enough for their retirement and they're staring down poverty for some, poverty in retirement, or certainly not being as comfortable as they should be.
0: Now this all sounds very big and very scary. So much so that it's rather easy to assume that it just won't happen to you. Poverty in retirement? Hell no. But actually, in Australia, today, in 2018, more than a third of single women who are over 65 live below the poverty line. A Senate report from just two years ago found that a third of women retire with no superannuation at all. If we leave women in a situation where they are homeless and the fastest growing group amongst
2: the homeless is women over 55, for all the reasons I've already outlined, if we continue um, to do that, then we have an enormous cost at the other end of their lives in terms of are we really going to let them die on the street or are we going to have to spend Uh, money at that point to help support them because we basically refuse to do so all the way through their lives. It astonishes me that women give birth to every taxpayer that has ever existed and yet we appear to begrudge every dollar of tax that we spend on supporting women,
0: particularly mothers. It is, you know, we we are really
2: cruel. To older women.
0: The problem, argues Jane, is that too many women still assume they'll share in their male partner's superannuation. We don't plan for a divorce or a relationship breakdown, even though it's really common. And more often than not, it's the women who get financially caught out by this. Still women thinking a man is a financial plan. Oh honey, talk to all the
2: <laughs> older women living out of their cars. That's exactly what they thought. The divorce rate is
1: extremely high and a lot of women who are facing severe difficulties in retirement, their situation often relates to relationship breakdown. So it's even though there is a right to split the superannuation accounts evenly, there's a few things that often happen. Women often will elect to try and keep the family home to maintain a, a stability, for particularly for children. And so they'll end up with, they'll trade off the super. So they'll end up with no super. Now, the house is a very good move, but it means that they have got no superannuation or very little superannuation. If they are a, a female who has taken time out to care for children, then they will have a lower earning capacity than their ex-partner and also certainly have impacted their promotional opportunities by virtue of having time out of the workforce. So their ability to uh, save superannuation post-relationship breakdown is severely inhibited compared to the male. So the male will recover, but the female will have much greater difficulty recovering.
0: So what needs to change? How do we reform this super system so it starts working better for women? How do we move away from policy assumptions that say all women get married, get married to a man, have children with that man, and that he will fairly share his financial benefits with her throughout her whole lifetime? How do we get real and live in the 21st century? First things first, we need to get vocal about the problem. And that's something that Jane says is already happening, particularly amongst baby boomer women. The women of my generation... um the boomers, have never
2: done anything quietly, that they have changed everything as they have gone through. They didn't entirely mean to. They never set out to revolutionise everything, but they kind of have. And so they're now going into old age, and they're probably the first generation of women going to older age who are saying, what? This isn't right, and yelling and screaming loudly and saying to younger women, don't get caught. The way we got caught, they're furious and they're vocal about it. They've also got access to social media so they can... And of course, the fact that this generation of older women are revolutionary because they're the first generation of women ever in the history of the world who have mostly worked for wages for most of their lives. That's revolutionary. That never happened before.
0: There is lots that some companies are doing in response to women agitating for better super conditions. In order to attract and retain women employees, some employers are looking at how to improve their superannuation offerings. Now this is a great thing and when you're considering jobs, it's something you should absolutely ask about and look into. But ultimately, Jane says that real change, it has to come from the public sector. This has to come from government. For women to rely on
2: the goodwill of employers is too shaky and what that will do is again benefit women who are already a little more secure working in higher level jobs for higher pay. Um, And I think it'll leave Casualised, marginalised part time you know women really exposed, I think this has to come from government. it has to be legislated in the same way as you know the old age pension, et etc., is legislated. I think also we have to look at the cost of childcare and we have to start capping those fees, and we have to start making that, that affordable for women. if we're going to expect them to look after themselves in their old age, then we're going to have to stop hitting them in the head with all that kind of thing as they go along. And we have to start paying them equal pay for equal work. If you pay women less right through their lives, how can you expect them to have enough money at the end of their life? So all these things have to come from legislation.
0: But while we agitate and argue and lobby government to change policy settings, what does that mean for the current generation of working women? What can we do to secure our retirement right now? Well, we need to start thinking about it. We need to stop putting it off as tomorrow's problem. The young think they'll always be young.
2: I remember being young and thinking that old people had always been old. They'd sort of been born that way. I didn't kind of really kind of clock that, no, they were me in a few decades' time. Um, It's only when you're older you realise how completely transient and ephemeral youth is. You will be old faster than you could possibly believe possible. (laughs) So when you're young, you just kind of think, oh, I'm going to be like this forever. Just being aware and
1: knowing to, if you can, put some extra aside into your superannuation as early as you can. As I mentioned, a lot of women still currently will take time out of the workforce because women do much more of the caring work in society. So they're likely to have some time out to have children and then they're likely to perhaps reduce their level of work, work part time or casual while they're caring for children when they're young. So it's important to get extra savings in before childbearing happens.
2: If you invest your tuppence wisely in the bank, safe and sound, soon that tuppence safely invested in the bank will
0: come...
1: part of the magic of superannuation is compound interest and what that means is that you invest money and it earns interest and then the next year you earn more interest not just on the money you put in but on the interest that you earned the year before and that compounds over your lifetime so the earlier that you can um, start saving and the more that you can save early on, then the more you will have at retirement. A dollar saved early in your career is far more valuable to you in retirement than the dollar that you can save late in your career.
0: I spoke to Claire McKay, who is the Director and Head of Advice at Quantum Financial, and I asked her to give us some straightforward, easy-to-understand tips for maximising super. And guys, she was brilliant. Get out your pen and paper. You're going to want to take notes.
3: Your employer has put 9.5% of your salary over all those years into some fund and you've forgotten about it. That's still your money. And at the end of the day, when you want to retire, you want every little cent you can. So finding your money, is it's yours. And it's really easy. You don't have to pay anyone to do that. You can go online um, onto MyGov and you can consolidate your super very easily. So the first thing you need to consider with your superannuation is which fund you are in. So it's a bit like going to the supermarket and choosing your cereal for the morning. There are different funds for different stages of life and they've got um, pros and and cons in relation to them. If you have a low balance, you want a low-cost fund because fees make a huge difference to your overall balance when it comes to retirement. If you want to manage your own investments and pick and choose, then there are lots of funds that will enable you to do that. If you just want to tick a box and let it grow, then there's choices for that as well. So choosing the right fund and being aware of the costs. Sometimes the bells and whistles and additional costs don't actually end up in a better outcome for you. So the fund choice is the first thing. And then the investment choice within the fund is important. And like I said, you can get down into being granular and choosing specific investments or you can have a more generic growth-focused or a more conservative focus. My recommendation to people who are young is you cannot touch this until you're at least 60, and then it's going to last you for another 20, 30 years in retirement. So you want to be going for growth because you've got time on your side. As you get older, you might be looking at knowing when you are starting to draw down. So you might want to be more conscious about your investment options given the current market conditions.
0: I asked Claire about how her advice would differ for women at different stages of their careers and Claire says it is never too early to be thinking about super.
3: My best piece of advice for young people starting their career is actually know what super fund you've got and make sure that your employer is paying money into your super. Too many young people um, you know, work for a few years and then realise their employer hasn't been paying super, which is illegal, but, you know, it, it happens, particularly in small business. So you want to make sure that your employer is ma- meeting their contributions and that you, therefore, are checking
0: it on a, on, a, on a periodic basis. She also advises that making extra contributions when you're young isn't necessarily the best use of your money, especially if it's going to put you in financial stress today. This is a weighing up game. It's about what you can and cannot afford at the time.
3: Well, there might be some tax advantages for making contributions. So being aware that if there's spouse contribution rules or you know your cash flow allows it and it might give you a better tax outcome, that's, a, that's a, a reason to consider it. My first thing is that when you're younger and you have a mortgage, pay your mortgage off as quickly as possible and get into a habit of putting a small amount of money into super. As you get older and you start looking towards retirement, then you really want to focus on ramping up your contributions. Because like I said, there might be some tax efficiencies to be obtained from it, but also it's in a low tax environment. And that is encouraging you to put money into super. And on the day you retire, you're never going to regret any dollar that you've put into super.
0: But what about if you're older, nearing retirement age, and you're starting to panic that maybe you haven't done enough? Can you save for your superannuation once you're already later in life? Or is it, too late.
3: Okay. Well, the first thing is don't beat yourself up about the things you've done in the past. That's the past. So the best um, advice I can give is start today. And if you don't start today, my next best advice is start tomorrow. It is never too late to start looking at your super.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Future Women Podcast. We would love to have you join us in our community to continue the conversation. Membership is less than the cost of a couple of coffees, and the benefits are huge. There's exclusive daily content, newsletters, events, and of course, some truly amazing women who you can connect with and learn from. Please head to futurewomen.com to find out more. And if you have a moment, please take the time to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening. It helps other women to find out about the pod and means that we can keep making it for you. That is actually the final episode for this season. But Future Women will be back with you very, very soon for more on getting ahead in this gender unequal world. My name's Jamila Rizvi. Thank you so much for being with us.